0: Elizabeth Evans, and I'm a homeschooling mom of four young kids. I'm figuring this out as I go, but I'm here to talk to Bonnie, who has been writing and speaking on the subject for over a decade and has been homeschooling for three decades. My name's
1: Bonnie Landry. I've got seven kids, they're ages 13 to 33. I've been homeschooling for 29 years i'm a wife a mom a grandma i'm I'm a speaker and a writer and i'm an advocate of of joy so uh we're here to provide this podcast so that homeschooling can look like you imagined it to be good evening how are you good how are you great yeah going really well we have a house full of family and uh this week in the next week or so all my boys are heading off to university so one leaves tomorrow and then the following uh, Friday or Saturday, and the following day after that. So yeah. Oh my
0: goodness, that's so bittersweet.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's bittersweet. So it's nice to have everybody here right now, and kind of enjoying each other, and and then they'll trickle home.
0: Yeah. <laughs> away
1: oh. over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that I'm I'm glad those days aren't here yet for me. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting because we we loved those days. We're loving these days. It's it's. Like those days, it's both hard and beautiful. Right. It's all hard and beautiful, right? And yeah. Um, you know, so my, I think I've told you this before, but my three sons will all be gone this year, which is new, right? So okay. the youngest of the three boys just graduated. And but this happened when I, my three girls were suddenly out the door and it just, it was the end of an era. And this feels like the end of an era. Yeah. And uh, my, yeah, I, I can't think about it very much because I just get all weepy. So oh, I, I bet to have a, a tough couple of days when they're yeah. all gone it's just the three of
0: us sitting around the I table know. <laughs> come on yeah. yeah wow i know that i guess that's those are the like the growing pains of a big family right yeah like full and then all of a sudden
1: not full <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I think it must be that way too when you've just got, uh, when it's a small family, right? Because yeah. it all happens so quickly. For me, it's happened over several years, but it feels like it's happened quickly. Yeah. You know, it feels like suddenly they're all grown up. But of course, you know, my first daughter left home, you know, yeah. 10 or 14 years ago or whatever, you know. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, should we pick well, up and let's go part two of part the two. <laughs> homeschool prep? Um, so I thought, some subjects that kind of, at least in my house, kind of fall by the wayside accidentally. Um, mm-hmm. I thought we could talk about those and kind of what resources you use or how you implement them into your homeschool curriculum. Good, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so just to qualify, I will, we'll stick again to sort of the elementary, middle school years, right. um, not tampered high school at this point. I think whole episode or two should we should devote to high school but for those starting out they're probably kids are mostly younger anyway so yeah so let's sort of you know talk a little bit more about that age range just because things do change as they get older for sure
0: right right yeah all right so let's start first with science what do you use for science how do you teach it and when do you start i guess
1: yeah well i think that Children, we start, you know, really at birth because children are scientists, you know, and really their natural sense of wonder and ability to ask questions and desire to know is pretty much insatiable by the time they're three or four years old. And so we have to capitalize on that. We don't need to do very much, I don't think, to in order to really capitalize on, you know, the God-given gifts that they have to wonder right because you know science is about wondering really that's that's what we're doing you know even the scientific method is set up in such a way that we we wonder we ask questions we try to guess what might happen in certain circumstances we try to guess what the outcome might be you know those are the questions that really lead to the more mature version of the of the scientific method which we do naturally now we might have to ask some leading questions you know um what do you think would happen if we put you know these two things together or what do you think might happen if we didn't water this plant Mm -hmm. you know um this plant needs soil and it needs water and it needs sunlight what would happen if we took away one of those things you know so get them thinking in that way you know and they they naturally do or or you know discussing something after the fact is like why did the why did this tree die why did the bug die you know uh, we created this beautiful habitat i wonder why it died Mm -hmm. you know um so so just walking with them and um stretching their wonder uh would be my primary go-to for the younger years of science for sure you know because we want them to we we want to just capitalize on what they already have mm-hmm. um and so formal science was something that definitely one of the things that really didn't for me come into uh to our curriculum until the high school years, right? Okay. Um, because there's so much beautiful sort of science. That doesn't mean I didn't ever use books. Of course, you know, books were part of it.
0: Yeah. One of the
1: things we used a lot actually was um, a set put out by uh, world book called Young mm-hmm. Scientists. I don't think they make it anymore. They might have a, some different version of it, okay. but the Young Scientists books, you'd probably be able to find them secondhand. And they had... They were beautiful products. They There was maybe, a, I don't know, maybe a dozen books in the series, and one was all on weather and one was all on, um, you know, the animal world and one was all on the plant world and one was on the ocean and, you know, different sort of uh, big areas of science. And they would have, you know, sort of interlaced, you know, um, experiments or questions that the kids could ponder, uh, very, very well done. So we use those a lot. Because, you know, I might pick out two of them and, and just read those to the kids, yeah. you know, that five or 10 minutes before we start our good novel that we read at breakfast and lunch, you know, I would read from the science book and then relate it to something, you know, in our life, right? Yeah. So say, for example, if we're reading the one on weather, then, you know, the natural uh you know, thing to do would be, you know, look outside every day and talk about the different clouds that we see and talk about the weather patterns and talk about the time of year it is and how our weather compares to, you know, maybe our relatives who live elsewhere or um, somewhere much colder, much warmer, right. you know, so that natural sort of conversation that happens yeah. when you approach education Socratically, right? You ask questions, you wonder, you, you imagine what, uh, what the answers might be, you look up the information, right. you know, Absolutely. so a very sort of natural approach approach to science um, you know science can be used cross uh, across the curriculum really well you know like like social studies um, it's a beautiful subject area to use across the curriculum because you can do your writing if your kid's really jazzed about dinosaurs or really jazzed about weather or really jazzed about hurricanes or whatever science uh you know sort of topic kids are always interested in science stuff, right? They just move from one thing to another quite naturally. Um, If you can capitalize on those things, for example, I had a friend years ago who whose son was uh, really interested in bears. So she taught him geography um, via bears. Right, where do all the different kinds of bears in the world live? And you know, they had a map, and they put little pins, with little pictures of the type of bear, and they pinned that into their. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, and then of course you can write an article about bears. You can, um, you can look up YouTube videos about bears. You can watch, you know, Planet Earth about bears. Yeah. You could, you know, there's lots of different, uh, even, um, you know. Uh, brother bear one of those movies that you know sort of kids movies about bears that you can just bring so much into that right um and hone their skills in every different subject area based on one science uh, right one at uh, one small aspect of science right yeah yeah
0: um i guess it gets kind of discouraging because there are some homeschooling families that i'll see on instagram and they'll you know they um I guess they afford to bring those like, um, those mail in box stuff. Um, what right. are they called? But there's like, the kids get to do experiments and learn science right. stuff. And I mean, that would be great. And we'd love to do something like that, but it's just not feasible as part of our, um, budget for homeschooling yeah. schooling at this point. So, um, I mean, is that necessary or, you know, is it just learning, you know, just with what you've got. I guess yeah. I mean,
1: eventually you want to expose kids to the idea of an experiment and running an experiment, right. but certainly kids experiment all the time on their own, right. right. Um, including, you know, testing your patients. That's an experiment, Yeah, <laughs> right. They're, they're, they're masters at experimentation, but I will tell you this, there was a book that we had that was just a gem of book and I must've lent it to somebody because I, I, I can't find it anywhere. So Um, I will tell you it. I know it's still available on Amazon because I just recently looked it up because I think I'm going to reorder it for my grandkids because I just love it. The book is called Science Is, and it's a big, thick, sort of one-inch book. It has all kinds of different science experiments in it. So some of them are very, very easy, always just with household things that you have. Some of them are more and always quick. Some of them are more moderate. They would take a little more time, a little more planning. You might need to buy something to have them fulfilled. And some of them are more advanced. And it is a dream book for homeschoolers because A, you get years and years and years out of it. Um, It has all these incredible experiments in it. It has all the it goes over the scientific method over and over and over again, in this amazing engaging way that, um, kids would just learn it innately if you're using the book. Okay. Uh, but also it uh, with each experiment, it tells you what aspect of science or language or history or, um, skill you're learning, like, um, learning, measuring, learning, um, you know, how to, uh, how to, um, quantify or how to categorize things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so it tells you the skills the child's actually learning. And that book, I don't know, I mean it might be twenty bucks, you know, it's not an expensive book. Yeah. And you will use it for years. It was it was a fantastic book. My kids really liked it. And sometimes they would just flip through it. It was an engaging book for young kids. Yeah. They would just flip through it and say, oh, can we do this experiment? You know, because some of them were silly and fun and um you know definitely sort of a, a book to uh add to your library for sure. And so I think, you know, again, ho- I homeschooled without a lot of bells and whistles, right? Yeah. And I think those science things are great. Um, you know, I'm sure they have lots of value. Um, there may be situations where people order them and they think, boy, you know, I didn't really use this to its uh potential. Yeah. Um, you know, or they feel pressured. The kids are not liking it and they're uh, you know, sort of feel pressured to do it because they spent all the money on it. Right. right? Um, we don't have, it doesn't have to be complicated, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be expensive. It certainly was never expensive or complicated in our household. Um, you know, the expense came in later on when we started buying high school texts, you Mm -hmm. know, but then you have it, right? You have biology, you know, and all your kids can use it. Um, you know, so, uh, that was a book that definitely I got jazzed about again, you know, any topic that you're interested in, I know I'm always going on about encyclopedias, but any topic that your kids are interested in you're going to find the very basic information on it in your world book encyclopedias. Okay. And if you want to go further into a topic, uh, it will tell you where to look to go further into that topic. Um, national geographic, mm-hmm. uh, the website national geographic, which I believe is all in the Disney plus realm now, the national, you yeah. Geo- yeah. stuff. Um, and some of them there's some national geographic on netflix some fantastic science videos um lots on their website some of them you have to pay you know pay for for your uh, you know with a subscription but some of them you don't you know they're free videos available to anybody um fantastic stuff you'll also find that there are many amazing science resources for people who um like local aquariums and whatnot you yeah. know like you know, mostly it's big cities that have aquariums and um, zoos and things like that. They'll, they now have their whole online presence, you know, especially that's even enhanced with COVID happening, right? Right. This online presence is now really accessible to, to families, you know? So, I mean, I think those are ideal field trips. I'm not a big fan of computers, but boy, what a great way to take a cheap field trip.
0: Yeah, actually, because of COVID, I downloaded TikTok which I swore I never would. I felt like there's no way I'm too old for this um, because my impression what it was that it was just a bunch of teenagers dancing. Right. You know, but it's actually really cool. Georgia Aquarium has a TikTok, So they'll show like the beluga uh, whales and the penguins and you yeah. know, that's fun. Um, we, my kids and I discovered a beekeeper and she was showing how she takes the hives that are built you know in people's yards where i mean who wants a beehive really in the yard so she'll move them and so it's videos of her just scooping bees up and putting them in and she's explaining like i know how to read bees like temperament and stuff and so i know they're not gonna sting me and my kids who just happened to get stung by yellow jackets were watching amazed that this person was picking up handfuls of bees (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) what an amazing thing anything your kids are interested in guaranteed if you even just search YouTube yeah there will be really talented really knowledgeable people with videos on that topic, I would suggest that you kind of curate that a little bit as a parent, yeah. right? That you, you know, if you're using an online resource, just curate it and say, hey, guys, we're going to spend the next hour or so looking at all kinds of cool videos about bees or about dinosaurs or about weather or about whatever, you know, and, and all of that is free, right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, what a, what a gift, um, you My know, to be able to have those things. Would eat that up.
0: They, oh, yeah. And like, um, we start school on Monday, is the plan. And um, the first book we're going to do, like the read aloud um, book we're going to do, is Charlotte's Web. So right. I'm I anticipating them. Um, showing them the movie, which they've all seen, but it's been a while. And I yeah. just, it's I grew different. up with that. And you've read yeah. the book, right? Yeah.
1: You know, and even at your kids' ages, Elizabeth, they will notice differences between the movie. And the book yeah. right and and they will say things like oh I thought Ra- uh, you know Templeton was more like this you know it's such a it's such yeah. a cool thing right to be able to have that available to us right yeah. or
0: see so I grew up um, I went through a phase where I hated reading just hated it in first grade they started making me write book reports and as soon as it that happened, it, doesn't it? oh it, it does it in the worst way and so it was a couple years, and then my mom found the Harry Potter books, and she goes, Elizabeth, just try this out, and so I, I tried, and I read it, and I read it again, and then I was the kid in line at midnight for the book two, and book three, and book four. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Hey, by the way, are you, do you have that farm anatomy book? I do, yes.
1: So that would be amazing to use with Charlotte's Web. I just
0: oh, heard, that is a good idea.
1: And I thought, oh, well, this would be amazing with you know, like Little House on the Prairie or Charlotte's yeah. Web or whatever books that are sort of agrarian-based books. Yeah, that would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, we also yeah. have um, Usborne books. Uh, I don't. I mean, I'm sure they have them still, but they had this three-part encyclopedia series. So you've got history, science, and geography, and they're nice. like big, thick books, nice. and I had boxed them up because I thought, oh, my kids aren't ready for these yet. We'll wait a few years. Well, when I was planning this year's homeschool, I got them out and I thought, I'm just going to stick them on the shelf. You know, they're encyclopedias and my kids, I kid you not every day have taken them out, sat and just flipped through them, just looking just we absorbing don't, it all.
1: Yeah, this goes back to the whole idea that kids are scientists, right? Yeah. They want to know stuff. And yeah. so when you have something encyclopedic, you know, a set of encyclopedias or encyclopedic type books, uh-huh. they just
0: love that.
1: You know, yeah. and and so yeah, let's just feed in the feed feed feed, right? We don't have uh-huh. to have very much to feed them.
0: Well, actually, we had somebody write in a question about encyclopedias. Oh, good. So okay. Lori I'm wanted curious. to know <laughs> what encyclopedia set do you recommend?
1: Okay, so the encyclopedia, I uh I don't know how many hard copy encyclopedias are even available anymore um, because a lot have moved online. There's never been a huge number of encyclopedia companies. Um, but the encyclopedia that we have used for now, you know, 30 years is World Book. Um, I adore World Book. I'm actually gonna, I've got one right here, so I'm gonna pull it up because you know because I'm in my bedroom and of course you know I want to do a little light reading of course um so what I love about them is they're very visual right um they have a they always have an introductory paragraph and sometimes that's all your kids want to know right so you look up some some uh topic I'm just gonna uh look something up it's not a person here um Okay, well, here's Charles Dickens. He's a person, but we can be okay with that. Um, So Charles Dickens was a great English novelist and one of the most popular writers of all time. His best-known books are A Christmas Carol, David Copperfield, Great Expectations, All Our Twists, Pickwick Papers, and A Tale of Two Cities. So one, and then there's about three paragraphs that are all just about basic information about Charles Dickens. Okay, do you want to go on to more? You'll have somebody who wants to know everything there is to know about Charles Dickens you know there's a few pages on charles dickens and and his work right yeah. and so you know and then there's a great picture of him sometimes all i read i'm going to show you this those of you on youtube will see this but you know all there is is like one line about charles dickens under his picture sometimes that's enough right sometimes that's all you need to know but usually uh, they're they're very pleasing uh, visually, because there's there's a lot going on visually. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know about other encyclopedias in general, but on a larger article, there will always be an outline. Right. Mm-hmm. So, say for example, uh, American history. At the end of the article, there's an outline. That's something if you're studying American history, you could actually use as kind of your backbone. You could um, photocopy the page of the outline, and then just check things off as you study them. You don't have to do the entire outline but you could study it yeah uh, study that way and it will also excuse me point you to other articles in the world book that are related to this a big article like american history it might point you to 15 different articles on you know the presidents of the united states or the geography of the united states or or whatever but you know you can cover it as as slightly um, or as fully as you want to right right so yeah so so world book is what we use um i find them fantastic i find it's just it's it's just so um fulfilling to have hard copies and i know that you know the internet's very available to us and they have a great website and it's it's uh, an encyclopedia as well online but having half a dozen encyclopedias out while you're reading to your kids and learning in that way and sharing information in that way is just a it's just a really exciting organic way to learn right
0: yeah Well, I'm going to share a tip that I just learned, and this is going to create some competition if people are living in the same areas, but the librarian in the children's section at my library, I asked her what they do with their world books as they get new like years of world books, and she said that every two to three years, they sell in the books, like our library has, uh, like for sale books that kind of people aren't checking out as much anymore. Right. Yeah. So they'll put them for sale. So, just so everybody knows, check your library; they might have a set for sale.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. They have a fantastic uh, option. Most people can get, you know, a ten-year-old set or a whatever, you know, a few years old for say between about a hundred and two hundred dollars. Sometimes fifty dollars. You know, if you're looking on. Do you guys have Kijiji in the States?
0: I've never heard of it.
1: Kijiji is like, um, you know, like Facebook marketplace or whatever kind of online marketplace, um, you know, or used book sites or whatever it's, they're available. If you buy a brand new set, Mm -hmm. that's a couple of years old off the world book site, they'll normally they sell for, you know, like say a thousand or $1,200 as a brand new, you know, the 2021s. Yeah. If you buy the 2019s or the 2018s, they'll be you know, half that price or even less sometimes. Right. So something to definitely, um, keep an eye out for, um, you know, kind of the, the, uh, bargain new ones, our first set, we replaced a set about, I think it was 17 or 18 years into homeschooling. And, um, you know, that's a lot of years to get out of a set of encyclopedias. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So have we exhausted science?
1: Yeah, there's one other company that I would like to mention, I think, because we've had okay. some people, before. um, now these are sort of early curriculum kind of sciences, but, um, my youngest daughter was really, really a sciencey person and she really enjoyed, um, you know, kind of working through a book that was kind of comprehensive. And so the, uh, company chc catholic heritage curricula yeah. puts out these beautiful science books starting around grade three or four i think um, and she really enjoyed that and even though we were doing sort of other sort of family oriented science she liked to do that science uh, um, as well and something i think is important to note is is don't pigeonhole yourself you know if you have a kid who really 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 wants to do a particular thing mm-hmm. and maybe it's not as family friendly Um, you know, do something still as a family, you know, like, um, you know, whatever it is you do to study trees or study weather or whatever, but let that kid also do what they want to do on their own. You know, we don't, studying two sciences at one time is not a bad thing.
0: (laughs) Right, right. I, I should share a story. So we haven't um, incorporated an actual science book into our curriculum, our schooling yet. Um, But I, every once in a while, will you know, show my kids something. So like I make my own salad dressing. So I'll show them the separation of the oil and vinegar and we'll talk about that a little bit. That's so science. (laughs) Last year I taught them that if you take a magnifying glass and have the sun pointed at a leaf, (laughs) you can (laughs) burn a hole in it. (laughs) So there's a lot of times where I'll see them sitting out on the patio with a leaf and I'm like, (laughs) We have rules, you know, it's fire safety and everything but they just awesome. ate that up they loved it oh
1: yeah you know and that's the thing that like those pages that i um, had put up you know for for school planning where you could just put in bullet notes yeah every time you do something that is remotely you know related to science just jot jot it down oh, yeah. in one word right in one phrase cuz you know we do so much science in a day we don't even realize it right right
0: yeah yeah, yeah. okay well um can we talk about art. How do you incorporate art into your schooling? You know, like, do you study the painters or sculptors? Like,
1: what do you do? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, We've done a few different things. And I think art, you know, I mean, I think art is really necessary. I think studying um, uh, the history of art and the, um, you know, techniques used in different types of art and uh you know sort of the 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 um you know components of art the purpose of art the wonder of art all of that i think those are really important things to do um i have found those things personally best done again in a very sort of natural way one of the things that we first of all take your kids to a museum once in a while right just go to an art museum if you can't if you don't have one nearby um you know and little kids aren't going to last long in An art museum, but give them a sense of it, right? Yeah. There's a beautiful book. I'm just going to say this because I'll forget otherwise. Um, by Sister Wendy Beckett. Okay, she was a nun uh-huh. who wrote art books, and some of them, one is called I think The History of Art, it's a great big like, thick book it's stunning it goes right through the history of art in one book you know kind of it's a gloss of course uh but that's a really amazing resource she also has smaller books on art you know one is called um art in the family in art and it's all just these beautiful pictures of mother and child and the family Mm
0: -hmm. depicted
1: in art and so she talks about the different era the art would have been created in and uh you know, who the artist was and what techniques he used and that sort of thing, but really beautiful. Um, we also have a, uh, I'll put this in the show notes because this is amazing. I had this, you know, the game, um, the, the game of pairs where um, you, put all, you have a bunch of tiles and, and kids flip them over and they have to remember where the pair of that particular thing was. Oh
0: yeah, we call that memory.
1: We, yeah, memory. So we have a, um, uh, an art masterpiece game of memory.
0: that I had bought
1: at an art museum years and years ago that we just I learned so much and Lee learned so much from it it was amazing um and so that kind of thing like art games Mm -hmm. the other thing we had was a set of books um I'm going to put these in the show notes as well because I won't remember the names of them properly one of them is called um spot the difference and it's art masterpieces and Mm -hmm. the the original masterpiece will be on one side of the page and a a changed version of the same masterpiece will be on the other side of the page and then a little write-up on it so the kids have to spot they'll tell you there's 10 differences there's there's 12 differences can you spot them all and then there's a key in back that tells you um you know whether or not you actually spotted them and uh uh that's a beautiful way to learn about art because it's a game as well Right. And then you read a little bit about the artist and what this piece of art is all about. Uh, So that was fantastic. There's another amazing series put out by the I think it's the um, Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. I believe that's where it comes from. But you can order it online called the series is each one is a different artist. Okay. And one is what makes a Monet a Monet you know, what, what makes a Brugel, Brugel, what's, you know, what uh, the different artists is maybe a dozen in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are amazing. And they're written for kids. Yeah. So that they're just a fantastic resource that we used, um, you know, as the kids could just learn about different artists, and also the artists who influence them as part of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, those are just a few resources that we used over the years for art. And again, they're the thing I read, you know, five minutes before we read our novel i'll just you know okay this year we're gonna do some art you know and there's also some great videos on different artists right Mm -hmm. like sometimes a documentary sometimes a life story on different artists um we just watched one called at eternity's gate that is about van gogh and um i can't remember the guy's name who plays in it uh, but he was just played an incredible van gogh um you know, different movies on different artists. Some of them will be kid appropriate and some will not be. Um, But IMAX also has a few beautiful artist movies that we, you know, would go to the IMAX theater. That's a big deal. You go to IMAX theater and, you know, watch a 40 minute video on an artist. That's pretty, you know, mind blowing. Yeah. Um, And one year, a few years ago, when I had quite a few kids at home still, we actually studied art. uh, We studied the liturgical year through art. So what I did was all the different seasons of the liturgical year and major feast days of the liturgical year, I would find a painting that Mm -hmm. represented that, or a few paintings that represented that particular year. So we did it from that perspective. And so that was really interesting. So we were jumping around from artists, from era, all over the place. Sure. Uh, um, we were, we were studying the liturgical year. I'm going to, I didn't realize I had so many art resources in my brain, but I'm going to mention one more. (laughs) My husband loves to do jigsaw puzzles and he has done many jigsaw puzzles over the year that are art, uh, masterpieces in a jigsaw puzzle, like, you know, the crucifixion or, um, uh, Mona Lisa, you know, different, uh, pieces of art. Yeah. And the kids will do them with him. I hate just jigsaw puzzles; not my game at all. But he, like the way they've gotten to know a work of art by putting in the pieces, yeah. like you start to realize what's in the background, what's in the foreground, how they've used oh. color. So, you know, the Mona Lisa looks so like a lot of it is black. Well, yeah. when you start putting pieces of puzzle together, you know there are you know twenty different shades of black, and some of them are yeah. her veil, and some of them is the background, and some of them have trees in them. You know, okay. and so that's a really cool way of um studying art as well right if you have a, a jigsaw in your home
0: yeah that's cool yeah. we we kind of got into puzzling is that the word i'd use <laughs> i think it's the word <laughs> i would use <laughs> we started putting together puzzles at the beginning of covid and um there's the well, who's the artist it's like carl begins with a w they sell them at target and they're um they're just really kind of cool. They show like 1800s life in, you know, these really nice, nice oh. little drawings. Um, and I kind of want to get a whole bunch more because it's fun to put those kind of puzzles. Like when it's a picture you're really interested in and want to, yeah. you know, look at maps are is. a
1: great puzzle option too. Sure, right? Yeah. You know, historic maps and things like that maps of a city, maps of the world, maps of your oh. country, whatever. Those yeah. are really cool. Uh, and you know, there's, there's, something about a jigsaw that's very um tactile uh, what's that tactile yeah very tactile and very uh, you know, you have to sort of organize your brain has to be organized so that's why I don't like puzzling I'm not very organized in my brain yeah um you know and so but looking at the pieces and how they're shaped and and categorizing okay these obviously are edge pieces these are background pieces this is the main body um this is this area this is this area you know I think there's a a really um, uh, valuable uh, learning experience in doing puzzles. I'm glad my kids do them with my husband because it wouldn't be something I would do with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to do. Not, uh, I mean, now my daughter is really into destructing things. So I don't know. I don't know how well she's a puzzle is. Yeah, destructo age, right? Oh my gosh. She's, of all of my kids, three boys and one girl. She, gets into more things than I would ever have imagined. That's amazing. She she, she, got,
1: looks, she looks like she's got a little attitude from the picture. She
0: does. So cute. She the other day got out raw chicken, went and threw it on the couch. I <laughs> I I don't I can't even explain so How do you do a jigsaw puzzle in those
1: in that environment? Right,
0: right. right. Well,
1: here's uh, an interesting thing is that last year, my husband put in a bar in our living room, which, you know, every homeschool mom should have a bar. You know, that's
0: important.
1: (laughs) But the interesting thing was, it gave him a high place to do puzzles because it was always the problem. You know, okay, okay, well, what do we do about the little kids? We would always lose puzzle pieces. So every puzzle, we framed some of them, like our favorites, we'd frame them, put them in our rec room. Yeah. They always had puzzle pieces missing (laughs) because, you know, some kid would wander off with them. And, uh, but now that he has the bar, the kids can't see it. Yeah. Right. So I recommend putting in a bar that will help Okay. A lot. okay.
0: I like that. I, I had to say one more thing. Um, so I, I don't know many artists like paintings by sight, you know, like Caravaggio is my favorite. So I'm okay at recognizing his pieces, but the only reason I can recognize a Monet is because of the movie Titanic. <laughs> because oh.
1: yeah. There you, there you
0: go the oh. character that leonardo dicaprio plays is an artist and so right he sees he goes oh monet <laughs> 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 that's how i know monet
1: <laughs> okay there's another movie this is I pretty family friendly look it up just in case i'm not remembering it correctly but we certainly watched it say with nine and ten and up the movie is called monuments men
0: Oh, yeah, you know, I've this,
1: seen it. Yeah, it is fantastic. So it this takes really place good. during World War ii yeah, and a special, um, uh, special ops uh, group of men um, was put together. They were trained like they were not soldiers; they were all art experts. Yeah, but they were trained as soldiers so they could go out and rescue art that was being hidden by the Nazis or um or destroyed. Right. And yeah, rescuing the art. So it was oh amazing i love and it's funny it's a funny movie and lighthearted, but you learn mm-hmm. a lot about
0: art i have to look up because i can't remember who's in it i'm getting that time period um, movie Bill murray yeah.
1: uh george clooney
0: yes i knew it was george clooney uh, and matt damon Well
1: wow, yeah. this is pretty good for someone without a memory um, john goodman yes yeah and it's it's a beautiful movie plus a great you know war, uh, history movie too right
0: yeah and, yeah. you know, there are so many good history movies for, I mean, when my kids are at least 13.
1: Yeah. I have a few years. Yeah, I know. But, you know, you know they're there, right?
0: Yeah. Definitely. Like Band of Brothers, that is, my dad and I like to watch those together. So it's like every time, he lives in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm here in Michigan, but every time we get together, we try and at least watch one episode. Oh, good for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our yeah, little thing. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um. Okay, so we still have a little bit of time left. Should okay. we um move on to music? Sure. Cause so, I go ahead. Yeah, go
1: ahead. No, go ahead.
0: Okay, well I was gonna say I always have these big ideas that okay, we're gonna learn about Beethoven this month and you know, Bach this month, and then it never happens. Cause I, I always wanna have like some books to go along with it and this, that, and the other. And I just don't know what resources to pull from, how to teach composers and i mean my kids take piano lessons but they're not learning composers yet yeah so
1: well i'll tell you something we that's what i would say would definitely be a weak area of mine i'm not musical at all Mm -hmm. um and but it was really important to me i felt handicapped you know growing up because both my brothers are are quite musical albert's family is very musical and i think that it becomes a handicap you know, if you don't have music in terms of like family get togethers, playing music, or just being, being inter interacting with other people on some level of understanding of what's going on in the music world, same as the art world. You know, I don't know a lot about art, but I know enough that if somebody said, uh, you know, Oh, I, I like impressionist art that I would be able to have, at least have some reference point with music. You know, that I don't really have that. My kids do. Um, and I think when we started homeschooling, that was one of the things I said to my husband is, uh, music is a non-negotiable, okay? I can't teach them, that will be something I contract out to people. Yeah. Um, and so we always have. And so we started off by, you know, we were told early on that our, uh, start with piano because piano is very um, sort of linear in the way sure. you learn it, where you learn the scale in a, in a, a way that makes sense in your brain um harp does as well actually which i didn't know till later on but we have one of our daughters uh was quite highly educated in harp which is lovely it's lovely to have a harpist in your home
0: yeah my Um, sister played the harp
1: oh nice it's a beautiful instrument
0: and um
1: uh starting with that and then they could expand out if they wanted to when we moved to where we are now so luckily all of my kids benefited from this we moved here 19 years ago the teacher the piano teacher that most of the people we knew went to is a was both a piano and a voice teacher she was also so very good at helping the kids to understand the type of music they were learning, the composers Mm -hmm. that they were learning, and age appropriately, of course. Um, And so that was something I felt I could just check off my list knowing that they were getting this level of education that I uh, was a weak area of mine. Mm -hmm. So I really, in a sense, just contracted out that whole thing, right? And it's okay to do that. You know, there's there's many things we could do and contract them out and still be the... um, We're always, no matter if we contract out their entire education, we're still their primary educators. That never changes. So even if you decide to put your kids in public school, that's a decision you're making. You are still actually in charge of their educational program. You can't just turn a blind eye, right? You're yeah. in charge. You're, you're the one making the decision to put them in that school. Right. So, you know, anything you contract out, it's the same thing, right? If you're not liking what's happening in your, their musical education, find someone else. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that, um, you know, for me, that was definitely an area of, of offloading. <laughs> um, there are some beautiful resources out there in terms of, um, uh, you know, musical education. There's a series of, they would now be like a, an online product, but back in the day, they were a little tape, um, that were, I can't remember the name of them. I will try to find them for the show notes, but I know they're still available. Um, like, uh, the, the magic flute, um, what was the one about the magic flute? It was a tape And so it tells you the story of the composer's life in a story form with clips of the music going on in, um, interspersed in the tapes. Right. And so that's a really nice way of kids, um, getting to know music as well. Sometimes if you live in a place that, you know, that's large enough to have, um, a, a, um, sorry, my brain is just not working right now. Mm -hmm. Um, help me out here, Elizabeth.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I can, I can interject. I, um, I took voice and piano lessons growing absolutely. up. So um, I, yeah, but I did not like piano.
1: Um,
0: right. I loved the singing part of it. It was mostly right. um, like Broadway musicals is what I was kind of trained okay. in. Um, but the piano I didn't like because I didn't feel confident in it. And one of the things that my piano teacher would have would be recitals every couple months. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. So I would almost purposely not practice in hopes that she wouldn't have me in the recitals. (laughs) And that never worked out very well. (laughs)
1: Okay. There you go. See, okay. The word I'm thinking of that I could not draw, I could picture it in my brain, but I could not draw. It was orc- an orchestra. Yeah. Right. If you go somewhere, you know, or a city nearby, often they'll do things for children. So when my girls were young, we lived in a big enough town that uh, the theater every year put on an, um, a, an afternoon for children
0: yeah. and
1: the different members of the orchestra would come and talk about their instrument okay. and they would play it. Um, by themselves yeah. you know say somebody who played cello would come out and they would play a little bit on the cello a little piece of music or a few notes and they would say this is how you play the cello this is why I chose the cello this is you know what I like about the cello yeah. and um, and each person in the orchestra would do that right yeah. which was a really neat thing for kids to experience right yeah um, again one of those things that as um as parents if you YouTubed um, you know, orchestra for children, there will be things that come up that are really invaluable in terms of um, what, your, what you can expose your children to uh, online now that wasn't available sure. to us you know, 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. 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 Good. Well, uh, that's all the questions I have. Okay. Um, I know there are some other questions that we'll get to in another episode.
1: Okay. Sounds um, good.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, um, everybody, all you who are listening, just please know if you have any questions you want to add to the, our show uh, questions, please contact me via my Facebook page, Make Joy Normal, or uh, my website, BonnieLandry.ca. Um, we're really, really appreciating your your questions, and um, Elizabeth is great at gathering them together and kind of thematically organizing them. I wanna read something to you. I get a lot of these messages and almost every day I get a message or two from somebody who's listened to our podcast. I wanna read this one out because I just thought it was so beautiful. I just received this today. I'm really loving your podcast. I listen while I'm doing dishes or folding laundry usually, and it feels almost like I'm going about my chores while listening to my mom or my aunt talk me through some of the questions about schooling and family life that I've wondered or haven't thought to wonder about yet. Thank you for the encouraging and very helpful resource. Praying for you and Elizabeth.
0: Oh, and that's so I,
1: nice. I just appreciate that so much that we get those kind of messages, and and thank you for that. It's really encouraging for us to to uh, keep on doing what we're doing. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So good night, Elizabeth. Good night. Thank you. Okay, we will talk soon.
0: Okay. Bye.